This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 7.35 a.m. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokdar with Wang Xiaoning and Chong Jan Sun. But let's take a look at what the trends are in terms of inflation in the Asia-Pacific region. Now, last year, record high inflation spelled trouble for economies, capital markets and governments around the world. If we rewind to September 2022, we did see the S&P 500 and Nasdaq experience their largest single-day drop since June 2020 as the inflation report came in hotter than expected. Expected and hence crushing investors' optimism for less aggressive rate hikes. And after losing the transitory versus sticky debate, the Federal Reserve attempted to overcome its mistake by de- delivering a series of rate hikes where interest rates were raised by a cumulative of 4.25% last year, the most since 1980, which showed no signs of stopping even in 2023. Asia Pacific, meanwhile, did not escape unscattered from elevated prices. In Singapore, core inflation accelerated for a seventh straight month in September to a near 14-year high. For us in Malaysia, to shield households and firms from higher prices, it was estimated that the total subsidy bill and cash aid could reach a record high of 77 billion ringgit for last year. So, will inflation loosen its grip this year or will governments have to battle between elevated prices and a possible global recession? For some thoughts on this, we speak to Sarah Tan, economist at Moody's Analytics. Uh, she's a co-author on their report, APEC Chartbook, What Goes Up Must Come Down. Uh, good morning, Sarah. Thanks very much for joining us. Now, as we saw, inflation peaked at 8.7% last year. That's global inflation. Um, is the worst over or will there still be price pressures this year, which um, may be underestimated? The year ended with elevator inflation across most economies. But our view is that inflation is likely to have peaked at the back end of 2022. So, you know, as you say, global prices are estimated to have jumped 8.7% last year. Um, But if we were to zoom into the Asia-Pacific region itself, prices actually grew a more muted 3.6%, although that figure is flattened by China's exceptionally weak price growth um, due to the prolonged lockdowns. You know, so if we take China out of that mix, inflation in the region edged higher at 4.5%. But, you know, looking ahead, we expect price pressures to gradually ease through this year, you know, due to two big reasons, right? So the first is that supply chain stress is easing up and a number of global commodity prices have actually come off their highs. And second, um, the rising borrowing costs from the tightening of monetary policy will also keep a lid on spending. Sarah, last year, inflation was driven by supply constraints and also demand pressures as the era of cheap money fueled consumption. In turn, there was synchronised monetary tightening by global central banks. Are we seeing demand cooling or does it vary depend, depending on region? Yeah, in the, in the early months of last year, inflation was largely driven by supply problems that stemmed from two key events. So first, we had the COVID-19 pandemic, which led to disruptions in global production and transportation of goods. And then later on in February, we started seeing Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which of course sent our oil and gas prices upwards. You know, but as these problems eased, um, demand side pressures really kicked in owing to the better than expected economic recovery in a number of countries. And, you know, these have driven prices up globally including in the Asia-Pacific region. 
And in response, you know, central banks have pushed up borrowing costs to tame domestic demand, but the impact of which actually varies across countries. So, you know, for example, some central banks like Malaysia held its um, policy rate steady in the January policy meeting to you know, observe the impact of their intervention on demand, while others like Indonesia have actually signaled that it is near the end of its tightening cycle. That said, we expect demand to cool this year as households and businesses feel the pinch of higher borrowing costs. Sarah, China did a 180-degrees turn on its zero-COVID policy, reopened borders and removed all controls. Now, on the back of that, the economy is expected to recover sharply. But will this fan the flames of global inflation as the world's second-largest economy reopens? So we expect China's economic rebound to be a bumpy one, um, but it is slowly gathering pace. So take, for instance, the Lunar New Year celebration that has just passed. Um, Over the holiday period, um, trips made domestically and internationally surged. Um, However, whether that increase in travel actually translates into a sustainable jump in household consumption remains to be seen. We expect that it will likely take some time for consumer sentiment to shake the COVID blues. And and what that means for inflation is that even as China's demand comes back online, um, the pressure on prices will similarly take some time to build. And, And so inflation is unlikely to spike for that reason. And also because we are operating against the backdrop of a global economic slowdown, this will put a lid on inflationary pressures as well. If we look specifically in the Asia-Pacific region, which countries are managing inflation better than others? Is there a commonality for those that do and don't? Yes, so almost all of the economies in the Asia-Pacific region suffered from rising inflation through last year. And most of the central banks have since um, tightened their policy rates to combat inflation. But the region is feeling uneven price pressures. Right, price growth is slowing in some countries, notably Malaysia, Singapore and Thailand. Um, however, some countries are still stuck on the inflation train, like the Philippines, where um, prices have climbed even further in January. But while some of it is partly luck, right? If we look at the Philippines, Australia and, and more recently, New Zealand, um, natural disasters and weather-related shocks added additional domestic price pressures on top of those coming from higher commodity prices and global supply disruptions. While elsewhere, countries who are net energy exporters like Malaysia and Indonesia, they they stood to benefit from the rising energy prices last year. For example, Malaysia was able to subsidize some of its domestic costs um, because of the revenues that are coming in from their crude oil exports. What is Moody's inflation expectations for 2023? What are the assumptions behind that forecast? So we expect inflation to cool in 2023, and we have already seen this taking shape in some economies. Um, And there are two main reasons for this. First, um, the easing supply constraints will rejuvenate global production and reduce disruptions in the transport of goods. Um, China coming back online also means that supply bottlenecks will ease along its shipping routes. And second, um, high borrowing costs will also keep a lid on household spending. 
So together, um, these two factors are expected to push inflation lower in the Asia-Pacific region. Um, however, we expect this to be a gradual process given um, the lack effects of monetary policy on the economy. Sarah, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was Sarah Tan, economist at Moody's Analytics, giving us her take on inflation trends in the Asia-Pacific region. Yeah, I think her view is that inflation has really peaked last year, late last year, and that's primarily due to two reasons. The supply chain and bottlenecks have already abated, and borrowing costs where central banks actually went on a hiking cycle has probably peaked as well. But I guess all eyes will be on the CPI number due to be released today. And I think economics are expecting a CPI to show a 0.4% increase in January, which will translate into about a 6.2% annual growth. I think core CPI is expected to rise by about 0.3% as well. But that's for the US, right? Yes, for the US. So if we look specifically in Asia, uh, clearly some countries did better than others. Like, for example, Malaysia, because we're a net energy exporter, uh, we could actually use that money to subsidise a lot of, well, we subsidise petrol, for example, right, to the tune of t- um, almost 2% of GDP, which in the long term also creates its own problems. But aside from that, if we look at the inflation rate in Asia, it's definitely coming down just gradually, supply constraints that we saw earlier in the year easing. China reopening actually ironically helps that because goods get get onto the market at a lower price faster. And the impacts, the impact of the tightening monetary policy is beginning to be felt. Consumers have less money in their pockets, so they're spending a little bit less. All right, we'll see how this trend goes in the days and months to come. It's 7.46am. Up next, we're going to discuss the highs and lows of key regional tech startups. Stay tuned to BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.